So who do we trust, huh? Like always, me and Dee. Welcome to Me and Thee and Three, a Starsky and Hutch fan podcast. I'm Monica. I'm Jen. And I'm Rachel. And we're three Starsky and Hutch fans who just can't stop talking about Starsky and Hutch. It's true. We are physically incapable. We may need medical (laughs) attention. I thought we would start this episode with answering a question that Jen posed uh, just a few minutes prior. Jen, do you want to ask your question? Sure. Well, I, you know... You're going to notice a recurring theme of driving and the Torino in this episode. And I pose the question, who would you rather be your Uber driver, Starsky or Hutch? Now, personally, I've only used Uber once, uh, so I don't have a wide breadth of experiences. But I do think they would both be interesting Uber drivers. So, Monica, do you have an answer? Okay, my under- I've never actually used Uber my understanding is that they use their own cars and I would much rather have uh, a ride in the Torino in the striped tomato than I would in Hutch's car, especially since maybe if he was using it as his like means of employ, he would clean it up a little, but it's canonical that his car is a trash heap. He just throws everything back there. So based on car alone, I would choose Starsky. I also think he would probably be better at small talk. Hutch would probably just rant about how society is declining, and I'd get into a fight with him. <laughs> Rachel? Okay. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I have not used Uber or Lyft or anything like that either. Uh, the bus is fine for me. But if I had to choose, I would choose Starsky as well, because, come on, it's the Torino for one thing. Uh, and second, yeah, like... As Monica said, Hutch's car is a mess. And yeah, you need to, like, clean it out before, you know, your mentor or whatever comes and, like, checks out your car to make sure it's suitable. But that doesn't mean it's going to stay clean. And I just, I would just be, like, really grossed out and be like, no, I'm I'm not getting in the car with you. And, like, yeah, that's, that's enough for me. Okay, I think you guys are both crazy. Did you see partners? I am not trusting my life to Starsky behind the wheel. My God. Yeah, but that, they were chasing a perp. I don't, I don't know. I do not care how clean or dirty the car is. Hutch will probably get me to my destination without rolling me over on the side of the road. Yeah, but then you might get blown up or something. In Hutch's car. That is something that could happen to you no matter which car you're in. If you were trapped, that is, that is a hazard of the job. I'm going in Hutch's car. Also, 
Starsky would be better at small talk, but that means Starsky would definitely try to do small talk. And I prefer to have as little small talk as possible. And I think Hutch would sense that I didn't want to chat and he would respect that. Whereas Starsky would be more likely to be like the random cab driver my friends had once who asked them trivia questions and gave them like tiny plastic prizes for who won. I had a cabbie who asked me trivia questions once and it was a nice experience. He said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a medical assistant. And he asked me medical questions and I got them right and felt smart. (laughs) It was weird, though. (laughs) See? See? It's weird. It's weird. But see, just from, like, a visual, like, if I just saw the cars themselves, I would not go near Hutch's car. Also, Hutch just feels more like a serial killer. (laughs) Well. Oh, my God. Now I just want to see what their Uber, like, reviews would be. <laughs> that would be a funny, uh, fan work. I'd be the <gasps> fic. Yes! Starsky and Hutch's Uber reviews. I have seen review fics before. Could work. Speaking of the Torino, uh, it was circulated among Starsky and Hutch fandom a while back that the Torino, or at least a striped Torino, like Starsky's, was appearing in a TV show called The Good Doctor. And I had never seen The Good Doctor, but I was intrigued. So I watched the episode, and it was really charming. The plotline involving the Torino was actually sort of a love story, taking place on a road trip in the Torino. And although I don't think it was supposed to be the Starsky and Hutch Torino, it was definitely supposed to be um, a Torino that was modeled after the Starsky and Hutch Torino. And this character, Leah... She said that her grand it was one of her grandfather's prized possessions and he left it to her in his will. And uh, she takes this doctor, um, Sean, on a road trip because he's really stressed out from his job. And uh, it's just really delightful. Um, so even though I don't know if I'll watch any more of The Good Doctor, if you are curious uh, to see uh, a love story take place in Starsky's car... To be fair, you could just watch Starsky and Hutch, (laughs) or you could look up this episode, which was called Islands. Uh, Interestingly enough, I just found out it was actually part one of a two-parter. It didn't feel like a two-parter. I had no idea that there was a second episode to follow up this one. So, um, it's Islands part one. I gotta say, I'm glad Leah's grandfather was a giant nerd. Yes. I mean, do we know that Leah's grandfather was not Starsky and or Hutch? Ooh. I, you know, maybe, well, okay, um, when the doctor, Sean, sees the car, he goes, the striped tomato, and Leah says, oh, you're a Starsky and Hutch fan, so within this universe, it's canonical that Starsky and Hutch is a TV show. It could be both. It's a documentary. (laughs) Exactly. About her grandfathers. It's like... (laughs) It's just the filmed version of Heroes, where the lady writes the article on them. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's a possible... I guess it's possible. It's, it's true in my heart. Okay. Well, while we're on the uh, discussion of the Torino, I was able to listen to some podfic. I just had a long drive, and I downloaded... Basically everything in the Starsky and Hutch uh, podfic tag on Archive of Our Own. And one of my favorite podfics that I listened to was called Joyride. It was written by Kuanji and read by Hanunobira. Uh, and 
it's this is a reveal within the fic, but honestly, it's not that far into it, and it's worth summarizing. Uh, in this fic, Starsky and the Torino swap bodies, and <laughs> it's really the fic itself is really hilarious and adorable, but the podfic elevates it to the next level because the voice that Hannah Noviera uses for the Torino attempting to speak through Starsky's mouth is amazing. <laughs> um, and it's pure crackfic and there's still a happy ending and I feel so bad for Hutch in this story who has no idea what's going on and I highly recommend this really entertaining fic which was great to listen to while driving myself. <laughs> Jen had me listen to it uh, later when we were driving together and I second the recommendation. It's very funny. And I third it. Hana Novita actually linked me as soon as she posted it, being like, hey, you've been talking about this show. Let's, let's, uh, have at it. <laughs> and I had at it. Rachel, do you have any Torino-related discourse? Honestly, no. <laughs> Which is sad, because I love the Torino. Do you know what? I actually do have something else Torino-related, but it's a surprise and I can't talk about it. Oh, dun-dun-dun. No. Why don't we move on to something that Rachel had promised in uh, one of our previous two episodes. I can't even keep two episodes straight, so that is promising. This we're going to call Unpopular Opinions Corner. Monica and I don't have unpopular opinions to share quite yet, but I know that Rachel does. So I'm going to give her the opportunity to share. All right. So uh, last episode, I professed that I love Vanessa. And the the tragic thing is, is that she is not a fan favorite. Uh, there are there are a few fics centering on her, but by and large, she is pretty much seen as a straight up villain, and she's not popular. I was reading a ship manifesto once, and I got about two paragraphs in because that's as far as they'd gotten before they started talking about the characters' backstories, and they brought up Vanessa. And they were not kind to her, and I failed out after that. I just couldn't continue, because I think she's such a great character. Uh, Alright, so the thing is, we don't really know much about Vanessa besides her actions in that episode, plus what Hutch says. So, really, like, what do we know about her? Well, we know she did leave Hutch. And Hutch says it's because being wife to a cop led to nowhere. But again, this was through Hutch's words. So there, there might be a degree to that. Like, I'm not going to give it full credence that, like, yes, she was just a money, uh, a gold digger. That's what I'm thinking of. That she was just a gold digger. She does say that she loved Hutch and still loves him. And I find evidence in that, in that she does go to Hutch rather than just picking up some random dude to spend the night with, which she could have done. She could have picked up any random guy and, like, just gone to his place and hung out there until the morning and then left. She wouldn't have had to concoct any backstory. She honestly probably wouldn't have been killed because they only killed her after they found out Hutch was a cop. And so, like, she, she clearly finds safety with Hutch to some degree. And it's not like she uses the fact that he's a cop against the guys that are after her. I want to just jump in to say I do believe that they were in love at one point and that 
I agree she wasn't just a gold digger. Like, maybe, maybe she was dissatisfied being the wife of a cop. But that's clearly not the whole story. Exactly. And this is an interesting point, is that being the wife of someone who is in a dangerous profession is very different than being the one in a pro- dangerous profession. Because maybe, you know, she, she can't stand the worry of Hutch not coming home each day uh, because, you know, he might get killed on the job. And he comes very close throughout the series. So that is not an invalid concern. Um, meantime, while she's, you know, associated with jewel thieves, that's putting her own self at risk. She doesn't have to have the worry for someone else. She is in control as far as she's concerned there. So I think, like, just because she did go into a dangerous profession doesn't mean that maybe she, like, because Hutch was in a dangerous profession, that might be part of the reason why she couldn't stay married to him. Um, People do say that she's fairly manipulative, but again, all we see, you know, she lies about how it being a tumor, and it's not like she's making him do anything besides crashing at his place, really. Um, And again, I think it's largely for fond memories, because she's leaving the country forever. She cannot come back to the U.S. Like, frankly, like, once she's out of the country, she's got to stay out. Because she's double-crossing what's-his-face. So you think her her main motivation of hooking up with Hutch that one night was because she knew she wouldn't ever see him again? I think in part. In part, as I said, because she felt safe with him. He He was a point of... Uh, safety and familiarity and also potentially that you know it was a form of goodbye and she wanted to remember the good times she specifically says you remember all the fights but you don't remember any of the good times so clearly she does at least consider that there were good times and because she did leave hutch's the injured party is more likely to have more festering negative opinions about her um during the scene at the at huggies i did want to also bring up one more thing um, she says, she asks for the regular, and Hutch then gives her drink order, and she glances down. Now, this is important, because then she says, I remember, too, and then gives a drink order for Hutch, and Hutch glances down. And then he glances at Huggy, and that clearly says, that's not my drink order, and then Huggy indeed brings out a beer, and not a vodka on the rocks with a twist. So the thing that that says is that, to me, it's potentially that Hutch misremembered as well, or that her tastes have changed, just like Hutch's. Because they're not static people. It has been four and a half years. And remember, it's Vanessa that brings that up, not Hutch. Hutch thinks it's five, but Vanessa brings it down to a day, and Hutch trusts her on that, because he repeats it later. So clearly he... Does he doesn't think she's such a manipulative bitch that he doesn't trust her dates? Yeah, I'm intrigued by your analysis of the drink order exchange because I never caught on that that Hutch's drink order wasn't his regular. I think I did notice that Huggy brought him out a beer, but does Hutch say anything like? No, or I want a beer instead. He does not say a word. He just looks down and then exchanges a glance with Huggy. Okay. And then he picks up his own beer that he had been drinking earlier. Okay. And then Huggy brings out another beer. I think I just got so distracted by the idea that someone's regular is a Brandy Alexander. (laughs) No, that's no one's regular. But maybe it was uh, 
I mean, it's, it's, it, it's very, it's a colorful regular. It's the kind of regular that you want to give a colorful character. And, and I think it was supposed to reflect a lot on Vanessa. Although, whether or not it's about her being fancier than her surroundings at that moment, or if it's about sort of the disconnect between her and Hutch, I hadn't really given that a thought. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm not sure what that's meant to signify. I think it's hard for me to know what a Brandy Alexander meant in the 70s in California, because what counts as normal in terms of drinks is so different in terms of time and location. You live in a place where a Brandy Old Fashioned is normal, and that is not normal anywhere else in this country. So (laughs) I don't know if we can necessarily judge that. And what I really like about, well, about the whole show um, is that there's so many instances of all these nuances that if we only knew a little bit more, we would understand. And I think Hutchinson Murder One is so full of that nuance. We have all this reference to Hutch and Vanessa's marriage, but we don't actually know anything about it. So we can infer, like, basically whatever we want. And in fact, some of my favorite things in Fanon are just completely made up about it because we really have so little to go on. I do, I I know I talked to you about this earlier, Rachel, but I do really like the idea that Hutch and Vanessa met while they were both going through their hardcore hippie phases. Yes. Because I could see the Vanessa who's wearing that fancy, like, fur coat going when she's younger through a hippie phase where she's wearing pleasant, peasant peasant blouses and skirts and putting flowers in her hair and Hutch is also wearing peasant blouses and uh, maybe putting flowers in his hair too we don't know but definitely playing his guitar and them meeting up and and, uh, wanting free love and and then both of them just growing out of it in slightly different directions and I like the idea first of all because I think it's hot and then also because um, it doesn't put the blame squarely on Vanessa. If they both met at a certain point in their life and then they both grew in opposite directions, well, that happens to people. That's not really anyone's fault. And I don't want to like completely excuse the fact that Vanessa is going into jewelry thieving because, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not great. Um, but, but you know what? I like... There are other thief characters that I do like, like on White Collar, like Neil Caffrey. He's such a fun character. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think Vanessa maybe is a lot more fun than fandom gives her credit for. And Hutch might have really just been ensnared by that fun. And they they might have just had a blast together and then it, it went bad and Hutch only remembers the pain. For me, I think part of the issue with Vanessa... I don't hate her. And I think the actress does a wonderful job and I love when she shows up again in Tap Dancing. Um, that is the episode the actress comes back in, right? Yes. Yeah. That was the first one. Right. So she's she's fantastic. Um, it's very well played. But I wonder... I think most of the reason that fandom hates Vanessa is garden variety fandom misogyny, which is a tale as old as time. Um, but... It's hard for me to look past that moment of physical violence or almost violence. Um, 
And I wonder if that winds up having more weight in a show that is so much built around touch as a sign of tenderness um, and physicality signaling closeness, particularly between Starsky and Hutch. So when we see physicality used in a different way with Vanessa, it feels particularly sharp and different from what we're used to seeing. Because there are other shows with characters like Starsky and Hutch where they have punched each other at various times. Um, and I think Starsky and Hutch only do that when they're acting for like an undercover role. There is one episode where Starsky punches Hutch genuinely. Okay. I can't oh, remember specifically. Oh, and then I guess in Jillian, Hutch punches Starsky right after he's found Jillian's body. Mm-hmm. But it's like easy to excuse that because Starsky is trying to tell him... I, right, yeah. it's, it's a heightened emotional yes. moment. But Whereas, I don't think that that in um, given their history with Vanessa and Hutch, I don't think you can't say that that's. I mean, I don't think you can say that that's not a, an emotion, a high emotional moment, because there's so much that they clearly have unresolved. That's true. I, I mean, I'm not excusing. Like, obviously, I'm not saying yes, it's okay to hit your spouse. Uh, and I, I actually quite like that idea that at the end of the marriage, maybe it did get physical sometimes because they were just so bitter and hateful of each other at mm-hmm. that point that no matter what they felt before, no matter how much love they had for each other, and Hutch even says this, if we had loved each other more, we have would have stayed together. Well, no, not necessarily. Like, when you're live style is so different from another person, when your values are so different from another person... That's not going to work no matter how much you think you love each other or how mm-hmm. much you do love each other. That's a really good point. And I, and I didn't mean to... I was mostly amusing um, on why that moment winds up sticking mm-hmm. out to me so much. But I'm sure there's also internalized shit in my own head um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, we all struggle with all well, the time. I I don't know. Because I, when I first saw Vanessa try to slap Hutch and, like, okay people slap each other in TV shows in the 70s a lot. <laughs> and that's not the only slap in Starsky and Hutch. There are lots of notable slaps. Um, I recently watched an episode where Hutch accuses a woman of not really loving her husband because she's not willing to give them information that might save the husband's life. And she slaps Hutch. And I love that moment because <laughs> Hutch was way out of line. He deserved it. <laughs> he deserved Okay, that's terrible. But... <laughs> He's a fictional character. I think we can say this. The Hutch deserved that. Um, so, and then, like, Starsky slapping that racist cop. There's, like, there are really noticeable uses of, of slaps where it really feels like... I'm not sure. But, okay, so when Vanessa tries to slap Hutch and Hutch puts up his hand to block her, I think for me the most noticeable bit was how she digs her nails in and starts Mm. dragging them down his hand. And granted, it's for a plot point because later we find out his skin cells are under her nails. But (laughs) it's such a... uh, It's so visceral, Mm -hmm. the image of her digging her nails into his hand, that I I think a lot of fandom just remember that moment strongly. And that does color their opinion of Vanessa. When, when I'm visualizing that moment, I'm seeing his hand already on her. Like I'm, and, and the camera, the way the camera is, is focused, the way it lingers on that moment. Like there's a lot in the framing of the scene in, on top of the performances from the actors that gives it this tension and this just like 
visceral, as you were saying, um, response that you don't get in those immediate slap moments um, in other instances. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really well done moment. It's, I mean, I, I find fic about Vanessa interesting when she's handled with complexity because clearly some stuff went down in that marriage. We don't know the details and they are clearly very toxic for each other. Um, and that can be really interesting to explore. It's just hard to like her. But I don't think we have to necessarily. Oh, but see, with the nails dragging down the hand, I like her more because of that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so interesting because, you know, like, the thing is, Hutch is a cop. He's tall. He can be very intimidating if he wants to. And here's Vanessa just being like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to hurt you. You know, it's I like it a lot. I th- I think I, I can definitely see here because there's liking a character because they're likable and there's liking a character because they're interesting or because they're uh, badass or because they're damaged in a way that really speaks to you. I, I do like a lot of characters who are not likable in like an affable sense, but likable in a, this is a character I would write stories for sense. And I, I think for me, I, I don't, I, I don't have fondness for Vanessa, but I do think she is interesting. That's fair. And I notoriously always gravitate toward characters that are upstanding and considered boring by most of the viewers of a particular piece of canon. So uh, it's no surprise that I have the perspective that I do because I... Let me introduce you to one of the five people who likes Riley from Buffy. Riley is the best love interest. Also, I love Duncan and Veronica Mars. So if if that gives you context for my character archetypes, um, it, it might explain some things. And I mean, I love everyone, so I guess I can't say much. <laughs> I appreciated your defense of Vanessa because I don't want to see her bashed. I don't want to see people writing her as a mustache twirling villain. I don't mind if people are writing her sort of villainous as long as she's an interesting villain with complexities. I'm sorry. I just picture her twirling Hutch's mustache. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> Okay, now, now, now take Ghost <clears throat> Vanessa, and she's just, like, going to haunt the hell out of Hutch, but she doesn't really, can't really affect much, but she can sort of twirl his mustache, <laughs> so she just does that all the time, and Starsky's like, there's something up with your mustache, and Hutch is like, no, because he can't feel anything. <laughs> this could be a, a reason for Hutch to shave his mustache. <laughs> And I should mention that I like to collect reasons that Hutch shaves his mustache in fanfic. I actually have a document open on my computer, and when I come across a fic where Hutch shaves his mustache, I copy-paste the reason why. That's amazing when and I beautiful. Get, when I get more than, like, five or six, which is what I have right now, I'll share some of them, because there are some good ones. That's beautiful. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, since I was wrecking Podfic before and they were... Two other podfics that I wanted to mention. First, I really liked, um, Rachel, what you were saying about the difficulty and the worry of being in love with someone who is in a dangerous profession. And I think part of what makes Starsky and Hutch so interesting is that they are both both the person in the dangerous situation and the person worrying about the person in the dangerous situation. Um, and a fic that I listened to that 
deals with that uh, is called Christmas Rhetoric. It was written by Carrie's Two Boys and read by Hardboiled Baby and The Muse Calliope. And it's a dialogue-only fic, which lends itself really well to the podfic form. Uh, one reader, Hardboiled Baby, takes on Hutch, The Muse Calliope takes on Starsky, and they have this great back and forth. And uh, it starts out sort of light and bantery, but then it gets into sort of deeper concerns about their worry for each other. So I really recommend that. Um, and in terms of fic that is about the women of Starsky and Hutch, some of whom might be vilified in certain circumstances. Uh, there's a fic called Working Women, written by Kuanji, and our very own Rachel did a podfic of it, and she is looking a little uh, embarrassed right now, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I listened to this while I was driving, and it's just four short vignettes from the point of view of four different women who are involved in prostitution or sex work in some way um, in the course of the um, series, various one-shot characters. It's very well done. Rachel does a different voice for each of the four women, so they're very distinct uh, and interesting. And she loops in, I don't even know who did that cover of uh, She Works Hard for the Money. That's an amazing cover. Uh, it fits the story so well. Yeah, so I definitely recommend um, reading the fic if you are not into podfic, but if you are into podfic, I recommend listening to Rachel's podfic version and then also leaving feedback for uh, Kuanji because it is awesome. I second both of those. Since Jen is so good at just fitting in her recs, I'm just going to tag on before we move completely off topic with um, a Vanessa fic rec. So the fic is Mutual Ground by Diane, and in it, Starsky, it's pre-series. Vanessa and Hutch are still married, and Starsky goes to Vanessa and Hutch's place to tell Vanessa that Hutch is going to work late, and she makes him sit down and eat this fantastically decadent meal and this really expensive wine, uh, because this is her birthday celebration, but it's her birthday celebration two weeks late because Hutch was working late the last time they tried to celebrate her birthday. And they just talk through a lot of things, and they find that they do have some similarities. And what I really like about this fic is that clearly Vanessa is hurting. And one point we can see about this is that Starsky says that Hutch doesn't talk about Vanessa a lot, whereas Vanessa says, well, he talks about you all the time. So clearly she's feeling very abandoned, and... But she's still kind of vindictive because she keeps Starsky there when he needs to get back to work himself. Which, I mean, you know, this, like, I think she has a point, you know. The idea of of Vanessa preparing this meal for Hutch and then Starsky shows up and she's like, you're here on Hutch's behalf, sit down and eat this meal that was for Hutch. That's just a great idea. I love that idea. And yes, I can see... Vanessa being vindictive, but very sympathetic at that point. And what I also really like is, I really like, this isn't explicitly stated in the fic, but I like when you can infer in, stir in stories that Hutch is sort of unknowingly callous. I, I just really like Hutch, well, it sort of goes into, you know, you can think of it as his Minnesota background. He doesn't want to rock the boat, so he'll just avoid and that hurts people more than if he confronted it uh, head on. 
unknowingly callous is one of my other favorite traits. If people have to have flaws and hurt other people, it's because they have no idea that they're actually doing it. And that's that's the Cyclops fan in me. <laughs> well, I think it works for Hutch uh, to oh, a T. Oh, absolutely. So. Okay, well, since you guys have wrecked some things, I think I should wreck some things. And I came up with two fic that are complete opposites in just about every way, shape, and form. Except for about the length. They're both about 8,000 words long. Um, one of them is The Smallest Sound by Ray. And this is just a very delightful, gentle story about Starsky finding some baby birds. Uh, their, their mother bird has been killed. And he decides to take them in and try to, uh, you know, keep them alive. And he has to call on people for help because he has no idea what to do. Um, one of the people who comes for help is, uh, Perkowitz, the social worker, I believe from Little Girl Lost. And this is a het fic, sort of, but it's het in the slashiest way possible. Perkowitz, uh, agrees to, like, go on a date with Starsky, and then when Hutch shows up to help Starsky, she also agrees to go on a date with Hutch, and she kisses both of them within the fic, and, like, at one point she's kissing Hutch, and Starsky's just, like, watching them, like happily. And I'm like, yes, I'm down here for that. Um, Highly approve. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's funny. Um, It's just very sweet. And the author notes that this is based off of something that happened to her. And you can tell, like, I've never tried to raise baby birds, but everything that happens in the story is, is pretty detailed and realistic. It's kind of got a bittersweet ending. Anyway, it's just a very nicely crafted story. Now, the other one that I want to wreck is completely different in that it's not gentle. Um, it Okay, it's called Eat, and I, I read it on fanfiction.net, and I, I clicked on it because the description was something like, two of the detectives went missing, Starsky and Hutch went missing, only one of them is found, and he's not talking or eating. And something in the back of my head went, wow, this sounds dark. I think I might know where this is going, because why would you title a story Eat? I think maybe I just watched too many really dark like crime procedurals, or at least I used to. Um, so I clicked on it, and indeed, it was very dark. And I don't want to give too many warnings, because I don't want to spoil it. I will say it's not as dark as it could be. Like, there is sort of a twist. There is... It does fit as a hurt comfort fic. Like, it's not just hurt. I hope that doesn't give away too much. Uh, And that is by Starsky's Strut on fanfiction.net. So that is my other recommendation if you're in the mood for something twisted and painful and kind of gross. How have you never watched Hannibal? I'm worried it's too violent for me. It is very violent and very graphic. Yeah, like, I I don't mind really dark, disturbing content, but it can't be too visually graphic for whatever reason. I can't... It's extremely visually graphic, so it's probably not for you. Like, I was able to watch, like, five seasons of Criminal Minds without nightmares or anything. I might watch Hannibal at some point. Maybe. You know what I want to watch? A Zodiac killer. Zodiac? Zodiac, oh, the movie? The movie yes! Zodiac is, the, so good. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I am intrigued. Oh my I don't, God, I I don't want to watch it alone. Would either be, have, Yes. I, I would watch it again. Okay. percent This awesome. is really off topic at this point. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think it's fair game. Be, 
because, um, I mean, the whole thing, like, Sersky and Hutch is a detective show. They do solve crimes. They are homicide detectives. It all fits. It's, you know, Zodiac, California, San Francisco, but still, you know? It's true. Like, there were similar crimes going on in Los Angeles in the 70s. Totally. And Criminal Minds does have that episode directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Oh, yes. (laughs) I often forget that exists until you remind me. Not only directed, he's got a cameo, and he might just be playing older Starsky. He's a very harried cop. He just does not have time for anything. Not just waiting back home for him. I have to assume. And then I guess my third rec was just for my favorite fan vid at the moment. I don't want to say favorite because I might change my mind, but it's such a good fan vid. It's uh, Still the One by Laura McEwen. It's funny. The, the lyric and clip matches are perfect. Um, you, I'm sure you all know the song Still the One. Do, do, ha! We got you to sing! <laughs> we got you to sing! Oh, Rachel no. sang in the first episode, I sang in the second episode in the outtake, Rachel put it at the end, and we got you to sing too. We didn't Not, have to work no, for it. No. Um, and it's the best part of this vid is it starts out being a fan vid about Starsky and the Torino's relationship. And then there's like a record scratch, and it's like, wait a minute, no. And then it's a Starsky Hutch vid. It's perfect. Uh, I love that vid so much. Speaking of vids, I want to just jump in. Um, I can't say if it's totally new because, I don't know, it might just be an upload of a slightly older vid, but TM did upload a new vid in just just a couple days ago um, as of recording this, and it is called, it is called Come With Me Now, and it uses a song by Congos, I want to say is how you pronounce the band's name, and it is focused on the plague and Starsky's anxiety and pressure to save Hutch. And it's got great timing because I'm a huge fan of TM's vids. And I think they're pretty much all great. Um, they're known as TM Song Vids on YouTube. That's um, a great song. I know the song. <laughs> I, I, now I, I want to check out so this vid. We will have to watch it after this. And there's a great, like, my favorite timing moment is when, uh, during the song... Uh, the singer sings that he sold his soul, and we see on screen, we see Starsky on television making his plea to Calendar to come forward, and then it says that, and then the singer says that he didn't take a bite, and we see Calendar, and we see Starsky looking, you know, dejected, and it's just, it's just such a great vid for Starsky Plague Feels, and also it's kind of interesting because they do have about... 10 seconds total throughout the vid of the actual band playing the song. So that was a really interesting choice. And, I mean, if you want to have watch other Starsky vids by TM song vids that are just really great and, like, about Starsky's emotional turmoil, uh, I have to recommend The Cave, which is a song by Mumford & Sons, and it's focused on Starsky and Prudhomme's relationship. So it uses clips from Pariah and Starsky's Lady, and it focuses on the theme of revenge. It even opens up with a Latin verb, a proverb about revenge. And you and it shows and highlights the differences and similarities by Starsky and Prud- uh, between Starsky and Prudhomme. And also, Hutch is shown as Starsky's grounding point, as like the way to keep him from going totally to the dark side. And it's just so beautiful. Aw, that's amazing. We'll definitely have to check those out. 
I wanted to say thank you to everyone who left comments on our first episode on the advent calendar. Um, We appreciated all the feedback. And I also wanted to say that we love talking about Starsky and Hutch so much. If any of you listening want to ask us questions, want to join in the discussion in any way, um, have possible topics for us to discuss, feel free to send us an email, hit us up on Twitter, uh, comment on our WordPress site. There are several different ways you can get in touch with us, and we love any feedback. As a, I mean, I just want to reiterate this: how how touching it was the response we got on the advent calendar. It was really great, and like the whole advent calendar was so awesome. And I'm so glad we got to participate. It was fantastic. It was it was awesome. Thank you guys. One of the comments we got a lot on the advent calendar was that. They liked the cameo that Callie had in the first episode, and Callie is in fact right here curled up next to us on the on the couch, and we'd like her to say hi. <laughs> What's that, Callie? We haven't been talking about Dobie enough in this episode. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dobie is also Callie's favorite character. Good opinions. Very good opinions, Callie. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, cameo under duress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to follow up on uh, last episode when we shared the story of Holly and Hoot, our Starsky and Hutch owls, um, Hoot uh, has joined Holly, so Hutch uh, has joined his Starsky on our couch. Um, and thanks to my mom for Christmas. We are also in possession of a green frog of the same uh, product line that we have called Froggy Bear. So our uh, collection of pillow-ish stuffed animals named after Starsky and Hutch characters has grown uh, and are very cuddly and we're cuddling with Starsky right now. It's, it's great. Hutch and Huggy are just uh, hanging out on the other end of the couch. All right, I thought I would introduce a new corner called Would You Rather? And in this, uh, like the opening question, we were given a, a simple choice to answer. And the first one is, would you rather spend an evening at the pits or the green parrot? Rachel? Okay, I would rather spend a night at, oh God, I think I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to go with the pits, which isn't what I initially thought I was going to go with. But now I just, I mean, I know they serve food for one thing, and I want one of these world famous burgers that Huggy claims he has. Uh, And I mean, just from watching the show, you know, I know it looks great, it looks clean. Uh, I know Huggy seems to take his business seriously, and... You know, it would be. It seems like it's a nice place to grab some dinner and, yeah. Jen, um, I'm also gonna go with the pits. Um, it looks less crowded, and I don't really love crowds. Um, there's food. I could play pong. Um, <laughs> and also, I would not want to be like a straight girl, like doing gay tourism, basically, um, at a gay bar. So I would probably, while I would love to know that the green parrot existed I would know it wasn't a place for me um, and I would leave it for the people for whom it was for okay and then would you rather have uh, are you not going to answer you got to answer too, answer too. Oh, well. yes. 
Well, I also wanted to say the pits. Um, I I could see myself having fun at the Green Parrot very occasionally, but bars aren't typically my scene, and uh, the pits has pinball that I'd have fun playing, and yeah, restaurant fair, I could sit in a booth and have an actual meal. I'm not that much of a drinker. I will say, I will miss, you know, in this in this night, I will miss that uh, we won't be seeing any drag or, you know, queer comedy. That does break my heart a little, but I'm still sticking with the pits. Yeah, like, I would I'd go see Sugar perform, oh, totally. but only once in a while, and I could see myself spending several nights a week at the pits. Basically, so. we're boring people. We are. <laughs> we are. Um, would you rather have Dobie or Huggy as your boss? And I want to clarify, this isn't asking, would you rather be a cop or a waitress or a cook? It's asking, in a profession that you either have now or could see yourself having, would you rather have Dobie or Huggy as your boss? And I guess I'll go first for this one. I said before that I work as a medical assistant um, at a clinic, and I would much rather have Dobie as a boss because... Although I think Huggy is great at running the pits and obviously has a great rapport with his staff, I just couldn't see him uh, kind of buckling down and in, in running a, a clinic. Dobie would do a great job, though. I also think that I would prefer to have Dobie as a boss um, in any capacity, um, mostly because Huggy's attention seems to be a bit scattered uh and Dobie would probably only request things of his uh employees that were within their job descriptions and no matter what job Huggy was my boss in I would probably be asked to watch over some chinchillas um or other get rich quick schemes that he was doing on the side and I feel like I probably would not want that much spontaneity in my uh, day-to-day work See, the thing is, though, like, Dobie yells a lot, and usually it's only at Starsky and Hutch, to be fair. But still, like, the knowing that he yells a lot scares me. Like, I, if, if my boss is at all disappointed at me in any way, I feel awful. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to go with Huggy, even though, like, his flakiness is actually quite like my current boss. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, I like... I like being able to get a, a definite answer from my boss. Uh, but also, like, he is sort of out and about doing other jobs now and then. So I would probably have pretty free reign of his kitchen. And I can cook, so I I would go with Huggy. Solid. And then the final one is, would you rather spend two days trapped under your car? Or would you rather be kidnapped by a cult? And this is basically asking, would you rather be Hutch in the episode Survival, or would you rather be Starsky in the episode Bloodbath? I mean, that's a difficult question, because both of them involve bodily harm that I don't want to sign up for. And if you're just asking the question as originally phrased, it could be a nice cult. (laughs) (laughs) Who just, like want me to, you know, check out some, like, videos, and I'll just be like, I, you know what, guys, this Scientology's not for me. Um, I'm gonna leave now. Um, if it is the cult from Bloodbath, that is terrifying, and I would have to go with being trapped under my car, knowing I'd be rescued after two days. But if I get to pick my cult, uh, I'm gonna go with the other option. I'm 
torn, again, uh, these would-be-rathers are not easy. They're not supposed to be. For me, the deciding factor is if I would rather sleep a lot while probably not feeling too much pain because I assume that uh, Hutch has gone into some kind of shock, you know, for those two days and that he probably doesn't feel his leg after a while. Or if I want to be around people and not, like, totally alone with the possibility of, like, convincing one of them to help me or something like that and, like, actually being able to drink water and stuff, even if it might be drugged or something like that. So, I guess with that in mind, I guess if I could just sleep through it, I guess I'd be trapped into the car. It's not that you don't get to talk to anyone. You get to talk to a World War II vet with dementia. Yeah. And, I mean, being a lady, he probably doesn't think I'm a Nazi spy. Or maybe he'd think you were more of a Nazi spy. I know what Mm. tricks they- But I can speak French. I was just about to say that. He thinks you're in occupied France, yeah. But you're very German. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I am. Just saying. He might be suspicious nonetheless. But he won't be able to trick you out with that trick question about are you part of the this unit or whatever. That's true. Um, and I, I haven't actually picked my answer for this question, so I guess off the top of my head, I'll go with, um, I think the cult. Uh, it's a terrifying cult, um, and obviously they, they did torture Starsky a bit, but I think overall that wouldn't be as terrifying as being trapped under your car in a canyon. And to be fair, they actually tortured him mostly in the case of him trying to run away. Okay, so if he'd uh, kind of gone along with them a little more, it might not have been as rough on him. I mean, maybe if he just opened himself to the possibility, he would have been standing there going, Simon, 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 as well. You never know. And then you would get roped into helping to murder Sharon Tate and spend the rest of your life in jail. Uh, <laughs> just Hey, I don't think that runs well. I don't think Starsky would have actually gone along, but he could have maybe pretended to go along. I was watching a hockey game the other day, and there was a player with the last name of Simone, and every time the announcer said his name, I started saying, Simone, Simone, Simone. So you're not the guy who was going there, Simon, Simon, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening. Uh, Once again, we want to remind you that if you'd like to join in the conversation, ask any questions, propose any topics, anything of the kind, you can reach us through email at meandtheand3, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you could comment on our WordPress site, which is meandtheand3.wordpress.com. In all of these instances, the three is written out as the word, not just the number character. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at me the three, uh, all one word, three again written out as a word. Twitter didn't let us have our ends, uh, but hopefully we'll be accessible in all those places. We'd love to engage in conversation in any of those venues, um, and of course you can comment anywhere else. We wind up posting a link to this podcast, um, but those would be nice centralized spaces if you want to have a conversation with us or with each other. Bye. 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 Strange to her.
know who else is touchy-feely? Sarah Skinhatch. Yes. 